everyone to district divided a dc sports podcast more specifically a washington commanders podcast i am amit that is kdot today's episode we actually have things to talk about the super bowl is happening this sunday the kansas city chiefs are playing the philadelphia eagles i personally am hoping the eagles lose 73 to nothing so that we're not the only franchise that has lost 73 to nothing in a championship game uh we're going to talk about the super bowl uh we're also going to be talking about Commander's news. We actually do have commander's news. Uh, there was a tweet that said that the sale can be expected to happen after the Super Bowl and before the owners meeting in March. Owners meeting being March 26th through 29th. So there is a chance we have new ownership before then, which would be phenomenal. So we're going to get into that. Ron Rivera has mentioned two things. One, Sam Howell is going to enter the offseason as QB1. I don't think that's going to surprise a whole lot of people. Uh, but he also did kind of remain non-committal on the idea of extending Chase Young for that fifth-year option. So we're going to get into that and whether we would pick up Chase Young's fifth-year option at $17.5 million for that fifth year. Deadline is May 1st. KDOT, how are you doing today? Doing pretty good. Pretty doing pretty good. good. Pretty, pretty, pretty good. All right, perfect. Why don't we go ahead and jump into, let's begin with the commander's news. Um, yeah. And then we'll go ahead and talk about the Super Bowl. Of course, we'll do the comment mailbag after the pod as always. So beginning with this tweet from CG, oh, C Gasparino, Charles Gasparino, uh, basically said, and verbatim, NFL sources say sale of commanders will take place weeks after the Super Bowl and owners meeting in March. Despite denials, most people in the NFL circles think Jeff Bezos will bid after initial bids are in. Given his wealth, he's most capable to make numbers work for a purchase. He then also specified Twitter space limitation does butcher the English language. So to be clear, my sources say that the commander's deal will be sometime post Super Bowl and sometime before the owners meeting. Again, that's going to be March 26th through 29th. And the Super Bowl is this Sunday. KDOT, um, how hopeful are you that this is true? The the way that the tweet was written. I did a lot I'm of digging. To very get that. hopeful that it's true. It also is not really revealing much. <laughs> okay. I mean, we always knew the owners' meetings happened in March. Mm-hmm. We always knew that it would either be that we knew the owners getting together would love to make the vote there on it, which is what our always our timeline was on the early end of this thing. Could they get something in place so they could vote on it by the owners meeting? It's kind of it. Like the, the, the idea that it'll happen or not happen. I don't think that anything has necessarily been revealed about what's happening in the process. As far as like the wagers, what's Mm -hmm. happening in process as far as like who's bidding what and where, like we all know Jeff Bezos has more money than anyone. We all know that at any given point in time, if he decides he wants to jump in the ring, he can outbid anyone. So if I'm really looking at like what this is exactly, it's nice, I guess, to hear the update in some sort of way because the news has not been, there's not been a lot of news about it, but 
after listening to what's this guy's name? This is Charles Gasparino. Uh, and just to give a little bit of background on the guy, uh, Fox Business Network, uh, he's been with them for 12, 13 years at this point as a senior correspondent. He talks typically about stocks and stuff like that, but I guess he got this uh, scoop as well. Yeah. So <laughs> I listened to this guy's interview on Grant and Danny. Shout out to 1067. You were better when you weren't a sports station. Um, <laughs> even though I appreciate Grant, appreciate Danny. Bring back Big O and Deuce. And when Opie and Anthony used to be on the thing, Great time. Great time for radio. Look, he goes on Grant and Danny, and this dude, (laughs) every time I ask him about something, it's, yeah, so I think that it's going to go down like this way. All right, well, uh, what about your sources? Like, who's saying what? Well, I mean, I know a lot of people. Was he losing credibility during this whole thing? Every second. To the point where Grant ended the interview because they said they were coming up on a break. And it just felt like they needed to end it. It was interview. a forced break. Okay, got Me, it. Like, I haven't heard anybody say that, but it was just what I gleaned through. Okay. Is that, like, every time that you have to drop how close you are to Dan Snyder, and then you start saying, yeah, I don't, I don't know anything about the sexual harassment allegation or anything that were happening with the and try to drop the Redskins name 20 times in the fucking interview. <laughs> like, you can tell he's doing it. To make a statement well, he's like box, yeah right he, so you know i i don't understand all the things like people keep saying stuff but you know i know dan he's a good guy a good family man and you know when you want when you have an owner that's from the area that's a good thing so he bought the team well, how much did he buy the team for guys you're the business guy ain't you so like, <laughs> i don't know tanya that much but i know dan when's the last time you talked to dan it's been at least a year you know and we haven't talked much we haven't talked at all about this, but I know a lot of people that are close right. to Dan and close to the NFL, and this is what they're telling me. And it's like, okay. Then on top of that, afterwards, when I hear the interview, I jump back on Twitter and top and pull up that tweet. And you see that he's giving all the credit to the New York Post and another journalist. <laughs> For being on top of this thing, the other journalist then tweets back to him, "Hey, thanks for thanks for broadcasting. You're getting this news out." So it's like, what do you know, Charles? <laughs> so I just don't know. It seems like he's just amplifying. So it it seems like we've got a blue check mark with 163,000 followers that typically doesn't dive into sports. Diving into sports with news <laughs> for a pretty famished fan base uh, looking for news on this sale managed to capture the imaginations of many and here we are there was a scary part too what was the scary part you know anything's on the table there's no one that says that dan has to sell the team it was like hold up motherfucker (laughs) okay now rick snyder (laughs) has been very adamant that hey this is definitely happening even if dan has a change of heart this dude you read the tweet you see everything and then when they had him right there he reverted and said yeah, you know, anything is on the table. I don't trust anything until it's signed and the sale actually Do you goes think he through. was just told to tweet this by somebody? It feels like it. Like, that's okay. the thing. Is like, I, And then I was trying to find the New York Post article that the other guy wrote, and I couldn't find that. So I don't know. I, I say I have no idea what's going on with it. Yeah. All right. Well, you know, let's see if he ends up being correct. It was a bit surprising, right? Because I'd never heard of this guy before. All of a sudden, he's got this tweet. It's making the rounds on Commander's Twitter and stuff like that. So I was like, okay, worth investigating a little bit. I personally, when I was looking through the wording, was like, okay, we'll take place weeks after Super Bowl and owners meeting in March. I don't know what that means. Pick one if it's going to be after one of them. 
Um, and then I saw in the replies, he was like actually between. Uh, hopefully he's right. Uh, that is the fan in me wanting him to be right. Because here's the other thing. I was thinking owners meeting, it would be discussed as one of the main points, but not necessarily voted on. So if it were to actually happen that we could vote on it in March, that's amazing news. Uh, that would be awesome. Uh, I think that's been the hope for all of us is that like, because I know that every time we talked about it, we said we talked about that March date in the owners meeting. We talked about the March date being, hey, it's going to be discussed be and maybe that's where it's finalized that it hope is going to happen. We, we were Not necessarily in... that the sale would happen in right. March. Well, I was thinking that as okay. far as on the okay. early end. Right. So like I knew that there's 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 I like I've been saying, I think this is a done deal. It's going to happen. It was it's already set in stone. Mm-hmm. But the timeline being that the that the most aggressive of the timelines was they get to vote on the March meetings, right? And because we even talked about whether that the league would have an emergency session just to get Snyder the fuck out of here, right? So like March to me seems like the biggest date to us as mm-hmm. far as everybody's owners to want to get the fucking thing done, um, and it would be great to have a guy that gets to come in and put his guys in place to watch what this staff does as far as draft lead up, to watch what they do as far as in the draft, to watch how the entire offseason progresses, and mm-hmm. then they can make their they can they can make their assessments on what works, what doesn't work, and things like that. Now what I would love is if for somehow the NFL to meet have an emergency meeting because this is how often does a sale occur, right? I guess recently the Broncos got sold, but like it really it doesn't happen that often it would be cool if this could somehow happen before free agency um only to draw a parallel to the nba where the suns basically expedited a vote uh and got their new owner and 12 hours into his tenure managed via lance kevin durant uh just immediately going okay i'm gonna make a big splashy move it's not necessarily that our guy can do that be on the table all of a sudden but just to have the option of the full free agency would be really nice as well for the new owner whomever it may be or whichever group it may be um just wanted to put that out there as like a, it would be really cool if they could somehow get this done before the start of free agency as well right yeah uh any other thoughts on the timeline it seems like it's going about the same in terms of what you expected kdot which is that this could be happening in march yeah I, I will say this. The only thing that is um, I still I'm still set and firm that it is happening. Mm-hmm. I will say that I am a little bit surprised about the lack of details coming out about the bidding and stuff. Mm-hmm. I really did think that be there'd be more fanfare and news and sources on that happening. Um, and I'm not sure what to attribute that to. But I, I, I have done a lot of thinking on that part of it. OK, what are your thoughts on that then? I don't know. Like, the, there's a part of me that thinks that maybe everything is being held under wraps because of how sure they are that it's going to happen, that maybe we don't need any publicity or advertisement there on it. That, like, the league and everybody else is just trying to make sure that it's the smoothest possible fucking process that can ever exist because they're all on the same page. They want somebody, they want him gone. Mm-hmm. Um, but then even, like, you heard the initial release back in December about the bids. And that's the last time we really heard anything. And then even with that, there was a lot of like, all right, so what did that mean? Did that mean that they seven million was a start seven million was a starting bid? Did they get a bunch of bids over seven million? Did they not hit that mark? It was a lot, it just never felt clear. And yeah. it also seems as though a lot of the best journalists on this particular topic are not just they're just not getting the scoops. But I also don't know how much 
um, how much uh, how much anybody's really pouring into it. Like you'd expect the Washington Post to kind of be on top of this, and maybe because Bezos is involved, the Washington Post is not on top. I was gonna say maybe that's it because they wouldn't want. If you think about it from the Bezos perspective, I wouldn't want news out on a team that I'm potentially bidding on, right? Right, because that can only increase the amount. So, yeah, you could choose to read into that, and I think it's entirely plausible. Um, And then if you go back to Charles Gasparino, if he's not just putting out a tweet for the sake of it, he did mention Jeff Bezos as a possibility when a lot of people have sort of said, Dan will never sell to Jeff. Who knows? Uh, There's also an article that says Dan is holding out for $7 and we were also under the impression he already got bids over 7 So there's a lot of we don't really know what's going on, quite frankly. Uh, And it is quiet. Uh, Hopefully it is being done under wraps. It, It seems like. AJ Perez, who's with front office sports, has also been saying, hey, this is slowly but surely happening behind the scenes. So just not a lot of leaks right now. Right. Uh, why don't we go ahead and talk about on-field personnel? Let's talk about the defensive rookie of the year from a few years ago, Chase Young. So he has been in the news recently because fifth-year options have come out and the amounts have come out. Chase Young is eligible for a 17 and a half, roughly million dollar fifth year option. Should the team choose to pick it up? Now, Ron Rivera was asked about that and he sort of remained noncommittal on it. In fact, even citing Deron Payne, correct me if I'm wrong uh, and saying, Hey, it lit a fire under Deron. I wonder if the same thing could happen with Chase. He wasn't saying that, no, we're not going to pick it up, but he was saying, Hey, there, we're leaving the possibility open to not pick it up and see how Chase reacts to that. Um, Kid up, what do you make of Rivera's comments there? And if you are the GM, are you picking up Chase Young's fifth year option for $17.5 million? It's a $7.5 million increase from what he'd be making this year uh, for 2024. Uh, the deadline is May 1st. Yes. Uh, all right. So reverse order. Yes, I would do that. I'm picking up the fifth year. I did not like Ron's comments. Um, I didn't like Ron's comments because I don't like the idea of dangling the carrot like that mm-hmm. um, in front of these guys, especially guys that you know. Publicly, no soul. less. Publicly. That's the big part of it is publicly. Whether or not that's a method that you guys want to use behind the scenes. Um, cool. Fine. Do whatever you want to do. I know there are certain franchises around the league to do that as far mm-hmm. as not necessarily picking up the option to see what, not, what guys do in their contract years. But I also look at an organization that team that does not, before even Ron's time, do not do, does not necessarily have the best reputation as far as what it is they do with homegrown talent, what it is they do extending contracts and making sure that guys feel loved, feel like they're a part of the community, feel all these things as they're going along. You also put yourself in a position where, like Deron Payne right now, we're sort of at the mercy of him and what it is that yeah. he's going to decide. So, like, I look at Deron Payne, I see the Chicago Bears with more cap room than anyone that would love to have a defensive interior presence. Poor Daryl Patterson tweeting out, come to Atlanta. Atlanta. When you've got those guys and you've got Deron Payne who looks and say, well, they didn't trust me last year. They actually went and they go drafted Phil Mathis. And now they're in the media talking about how they want me so. Well, they're going to have to pay for that shit. And there's no real... There, there's no, there's nothing he feels as though he owes the franchise at that point. You've made a strict business decision. Mm-hmm. If you want them to come back for loyalty, then you have to do something to build that. If you yeah. want them to come back because of bit, if you want them to come back from a business decision, they'll be able to be prepared to pay more than anybody else to make it happen. So my thing is do right by these guys as best as you can, 
as long as you're not breaking the entire bank to do it. And with a Chase Young, we've seen the talent as far as in his rookie season. He hasn't been able to stay healthy enough. But if you look at that stay healthy enough, it's all coming back off that injury that he had in 2021. So it's really one major injury that's lasted from 2021 into 2022. This has been the gap as far as his time in play, right? Um, And now he gets to come back and we get to see fully with an entire offseason program, with him working at full strength, what it is you'll do with him. I think he's a guy worth worth keeping in that realm. He's he's a guy worth seeing and worth developing with because of the talent we've seen at least. Uh, and just to echo, first off, I think it's an absolute no brainer that you pick up his fifth year option. I completely agree with you. The uh, he also very much surprised both of us because we were talking about expectations for Chase Young's first game. He was great, and he was also Pro Football Focus's highest graded player on our team that week. And that was his first game back. And he was supposed to have a snap limit. He exceeded that. And even beyond that said, hey, I want to go back in there. So you look at that. You look at the fact that the talent was abundantly clear his rookie year. Uh, and then, yes, the only reason you wouldn't be doing this is because he missed a ton of time. There, it's not from a talent perspective. It's certainly not from a locker room perspective. Everybody loves him. You see him on the sideline. You see him even when Carson Wentz was struggling in that Browns game, trying to get him going. You know, he is great for this team. And we talk about building a franchise and building on-field personnel. You want homegrown guys. It, it, right. It's an added bonus that he's from the area, but you really want to keep the players you drafted, right? Yeah. Because that's where culture is built. So to me, it's an absolute no-brainer. I honestly have nothing else to say on the subject other than I completely agree with you, KDOT. Ron Rivera putting that in public, yet another reason <laughs> I'm not a fan. I mean, I was even listening to, and this this will delve into Sam Howell in a moment. Maybe, maybe we could even transition there. Uh, Taylor Heineke was on the Pat McAfee show while they're over in Arizona. I don't know if you got the chance to see that interview. Some of it. One of the things Taylor mentioned, because uh, they talked about, Taylor, you were winning most of your games. Uh, losing does happen in the NFL. But then you were told you were on a short leash. Uh, how did that feel, especially when you're going against the San Francisco 49ers and then seeing Carson uh, do what he did against Cleveland? And he said, honestly, he's like, I understand uh, that Carson is making around 30 million a year and it's a business. Uh, what I didn't appreciate was the communication. A few minutes later, they asked him how he figured out he was on a short leash. Apparently, this is according to Taylor. OK, so there's there could be he said he said she said. I don't know. But according to Taylor, who is beloved by this fan base and by the locker room, he found out through uh, links his friend sent him to articles. It wasn't a direct conversation with Ron. So this is another example of maybe this occurred publicly where Ron is mentioning this stuff to the media, but not to the player himself. So we talk about accountability. We talk about doing stuff in-house. That, if true, two examples of not doing this in-house. A hundred percent. And that's the thing is like, when you look at the reputation of Washington's had, as far as the way that we treat guys, and you add on top of that, the guy who's supposed to be the banish of new hope, the, the, the lightning rod for change and things while he's done so much in that regard mm-hmm. is screwing up one fundamental aspect of who it is that we, where it is that we need to be better. He's screwing up differently than the last regimes have done it, but there is an app. There is a method of like, Ron, shut the fuck up. Mm-hmm. Oh, absolutely. Go talk to your guys or go talk, keep things in, in house. And if the media wants to criticize you for not being transparent enough, fuck them. 
Yes. If you like that, that, that's where I go to. Like, I've never criticized Bill Belichick for not speaking enough. You, you do what you need to do to keep your competitive advantage and to make sure that you keep things in house. That to yeah. me makes sense. You're a private fucking organization. Ain't nobody fucking ain't public. Like at the end of the day, you got to do what it is that you got to do to, to do right by this. And this is why I look at that Chase Young fifth year option is an opportunity. Look, there are legit. I, I do know that there are people that are legitimately concerned about Chase's talent level looking at the first nine games we played in 2021. Yeah. Get it. Totally understood. Um, was he a flash and pan? I don't know. Maybe, maybe not. But here's what I also know. Seven and a half million dollars on that uh, above what it is that he was making the year before to pay, to buy goodwill across the league, to potentially make guys understand that realize we're going to take care of our own and give mm-hmm. you opportunities and give you shots only helps as far as the branding opportunity for who it is we are as Washington. And here's the other thing. If it doesn't work, it only costs you an additional seven and a half to do anyway for a homegrown guy that everyone loves in this fan base. So it, to me, again, no-brainer to you. Sounds like no-brainer. Um, and it is alarming to me that we have a coach that is doing a lot of this stuff publicly. You even remember when, uh, I forgot which reporter it was, but asked him the difference between us and other NFC East teams. And he says quarterback. And then the yep. next day has to explain to Carson Wentz what he meant by that. And that was, yeah, that wasn't even Taylor. That was Carson. So like he has successfully with both QBs that we had this year and relied on both of them found ways to get after both of them publicly. So it's just one of those things where he is, and I don't think he intends to do it. He He absolutely needs media training because I don't think he intends to do this type of damage, Mm -hmm. but he keeps shooting himself in the foot and it ends up opening up opportunities for people to ask questions. It's the same thing that it's, it's who he is. He's a good guy. He wants to be transparent. He wants to tell you what's on his mind. He wants to be truthful. Mm -hmm. He wants all those things. He's loyal to a fault. He does all these things because to his core, as far as who he is as a human being, is an honorable person, right? Yes. It doesn't make you a great football coach. I would agree with that because it was also very funny when, remember when he then very staunchly defended Carson, he's like, you got to take it easy on the kid. What he himself was the one that set up that whole thing with the quarterback comment only for Carson to then miss any number of weeks and to have Taylor go on a winning streak. And then all of a sudden Taylor's on the short leash. We go back to Carson. He then doesn't know we can get eliminated. We get eliminated that same day. And here we are. We're starting Taylor Heineke. Taylor goes, actually, and he did cite that on the McAfee show as well, just saying, uh, yeah, there actually is some truth to me going, why not give Sam the shot? Right. And he's even trying to be respectful there because he said he didn't want to go into the exact of the conversation. I didn't want to get into details. You know what it sounds like? I'm protecting Ron. Yes. Yeah. So anyway, that... You know my feelings on it. Uh, yeah, let's talk about Sam Howell, though. Let's talk about Sam Howell, who did start that last game against Dallas and looked, I mean, for his first NFL start, pretty good. Uh, so he does look like he's going to go into this offseason as the starter. These are Ron Rivera's words again. Uh, Ron Rivera also mentioned that it is very unlikely that they make a splash in free agency for a QB like they did this past season. So that can probably pretty safely, if we talk about honesty and transparency, rule out a Derek Carr move, for example. Mm-hmm. Uh, could rule out any number of other QB free agent moves for the starting position. So maybe something in the draft if something falls. But other than that, seems like this is going to be Sam Howell's team. What do you make of those comments, K-Dot? 
I say that they're accurate for now, but if an opportunity presents itself, I understand that Ron's going to listen. So I, mm-hmm. I also know that anything could happen. Now, does it make probably that that's the thing is like once again going back to Ron being an honorable guy, this that, and the other. I think he believes that right now. Um, but I also looked at I don't know what that conversation he had with Dan was like and mm-hmm. what it is that he where it is the line is for him this off season and what he can spend or not spend. I don't know what the deal is with that. Yeah, um, none of us do. I don't even think the insiders do. So like the the idea of bringing all these offensive coordinators in as far as the like that to me usually symbolizes like oh they're willing to do they're willing to cut a check for a guy but Mm -hmm. then there can also be as we also talked about they're doing their due diligence to go back to ken zampese who'll be the cheapest option probably and then they're going to stick with sam howell because nobody wants to invest the money in signing any game checks over to anybody at least initially or sending Mm -hmm. signing bonuses over so i don't know i really don't know i just think it's it's probably true for right now but why is it true and could it change yes I completely agree there. And it's it's funny. It's one of those things that the more I think about it, the more Ken Zampese makes the most sense of the world, right? I mean, if Sam Howell is going to be the starter, if this season is truly in flux with the ownership and stuff like that, why wouldn't you stay with the, I, I guess incumbent isn't the word, but like, why wouldn't you go with an internal solution that knows the quarterback? The incumbent uh, think, system. The incumbent system. There you go. Thank you. Uh, I think it just makes the most sense. I think bringing in a new OC that maybe is gone after a year. We talked about the reward aspect of it for a a guy like Eric Bieniemy, who Andy Reid came out and said, yeah, he calls all the plays. Once again, lending itself to your idea, they just want him out. Because why would you be saying all of that for a lateral move? It's interesting. Uh, But I do think Ken Zampi's still, my money is there on Ken Zampi's being the offensive coordinator. Um, Yeah, and as to my thoughts on Ron Rivera and those comments, I'm with it. I don't think it was surprising at all. I think it was nice for Sam to publicly get a vote of confidence to an extent. Like you said, it's a for now thing. Now, if something crazy pops up, he, he'd be idiotic not to listen, right? He's just doing his due diligence to listen to certain opportunities. And he didn't rule out an offseason move for a QB. He just said, or free agency move for a QB, just said it's very unlikely. Yeah. So see what happens there. Um, there's a big game happening Sunday, KDOT. Yes, there is. Super Bowl 57. The Kansas City Chiefs and the Philadelphia Eagles are going to go at it this Sunday in Arizona. The Eagles, KDOT, are one and a half point favorites in this game. The over under, I need to double check again. I believe it is at 50 and a half. It is at 50 and a half. Who do you like in this game? If you want to jump into any numbers, by all means, the floor is yours. Kansas City. Now, here's the thing. You can take everything I say with a grain of goddamn salt, but I'm going Kansas City. Like, uh, I, I understand everybody uh, is talking about how great the Eagles are and how they're a great overall team and how they've got a defense, they got the running game, they got Jalen Hurts, Patrick Mahomes is the best goddamn football player on the planet. And that's who I'm putting my faith in. And I think that the the matchup in this game is that Kansas City offense against the pass defense of Philadelphia and what it is they're going to be able to do. And I think when you start looking at the stats, you start reading up on what it is that Kansas City does well and what Patrick Mahomes does his best, or even when he struggles. 
it's counterintuitive and confusing. When Patrick Mahomes has more time to throw, he has worse stats than when he has less time to throw. You end up running a defense. If you're going to go against Patrick Mahomes as best you possibly can, with three down linemen dropping everybody pretty much back in the coverage. And I think Kansas City's almost okay if you're going to decide to do that because they got this guy named Isaiah Pacheco who they'd be more than willing to romp your ass. So that's where I think the matchup is. I think what you're going to see is a lot of tight ends for Kansas City getting involved in the game. So okay. get familiar with the second and third stringers in Kansas City. Um but yeah, once again, I don't know if my hatred for the Eagles is just clouding everything. It might be, and that's fine. But yeah. I really do it's a DC truly sports believe. podcast, my friend. You are more than well. This is our show. We could do what we want. Like there's a, in life, I've only bought outside of Washington team, uh, Washington players. I've only bought a Tom Brady jersey in my life. Tom Brady, New England jersey, back in like uh, 2008, 2009, somewhere around there. Yeah. Because after I lost so much goddamn money betting Peyton Manning to beat Brady through the early 2000s and he lost and I said I'll never bet against Brady again and I bought his jersey I'm about to do the same thing with my house okay hey I mean that's a great lesson to learn with 14 years left in Brady's career I'm not betting against this guy um probably made you some money there so absolutely I am going to go ahead and say I will never pick the Philadelphia Eagles to win a Super Bowl on this podcast ever. Good man. So with that being said, I am picking the Kansas City Chiefs as well. For the same reasons KDOT is, Patrick Mahomes is the best player on the football field. Now, it is intriguing that this is going to be a situation where something's got to give because the Chiefs are number one in pass pro when it comes to sacks allowed. And the Eagles are number one at getting after the QB. So who wins there? A very intriguing battle. We do know Pacheco runs hard, runs violently, and he should have opportunities to create space and easier situations for that passing offense. Clyde Edwards-Alaire is probably going to be back for this game. He was activated off of IR. I don't know how many snaps he's going to get, but... It's nice to know that he's going to be available. And then Jarek McKinnon has been a weapon in the passing game out of the backfield, less so in the playoffs recently, but near the tail end of the regular season, he was used quite heavily. Um, now they don't have McCole Hardman, so they won't have him, but they do have Kadarius Tony back. It looks like Juju Smith-Schuster is going to be good to go. MVS is there. And of course, the legend, the current legend, Travis Kelsey, who just continues to pour on every single team he plays against. Um, I just think there's a whole lot to stop. I think the last time they went against an elite defense, like the San Francisco 49ers, they hung 44 on them. So when it comes to Mahomes, he's just got that it. And I'm never going to bet against a Patrick Mahomes. Uh, on the other side, though, the Eagles do have quite the opportunity. This is, to me, still a soft Kansas City defense. Uh, I would look to go over the 50 and a half uh, that they've set for the over-under. And I think the Eagles are going to put up some points. I just think Mahomes is going to have one of those from start to finish flawless Super Bowls where he just shows I am that dude. It is that simple. Do you have a score? No. Um, that, so that's that's something I'm still kind of taking right up to the fucking line because um, okay. trust me, I'm putting a lot of fucking money in this game. I've already got probably I think a, a lot of people are. in this mm-hmm. thing. 
probably be north of a couple grand by the time okay. that comes up. Um, this to me screams high scoring game, which is but why, it, which is why I think <laughs> yep. it'll be one of those boring, fucking low scoring guys just aren't getting it happen the right way sort of mm-hmm. games. And I'm okay. like, okay. Like it just this to me feels like one of those matchups that kick you on your ass and just like oh, oh, I I thought this was gonna happen. It didn't necessarily happen that way. I don't know. I I don't have a good read on what I I I had a read on what should happen. I just I don't I don't know. I could see this being like a thirty five thirty four or something like that. It feels like that, but we've had other Super Bowls that kind of felt like that and they're not. <laughs> that, no, just, that's entirely right? true. That is entirely but true. But we've kind of been spoiled recently to some really good ones, and we mm-hmm. kind of forget about the stinkers. Um, that is true. So it's just like it things get kind of weird. But I always remember, I mean, as a kid, the Super Bowl was a the biggest letdown game <laughs> like of the year, right? As far as the actual game. It always was, wasn't it? Yeah. yeah. I'm um, trying to think. I'm looking how at this these... game feels weird. But it, but the other thing I don't the other big part of it is I don't know who the Eagles are yet fully, and I, and that's me looking at strength of schedule and looking mm-hmm. at the playoff run. I don't know who they are. Well, they and, could be the best team in the NFL by far. I don't know yet. But here's the other thing: Hurts as a passer has been so so since he got injured mm-hmm. against Chicago. So like they showed um, on first things first, um, which I think is a great show, the graphic of how he was before, which was spectacular. And then after, which was like near bottom of the league. So he's got two weeks to get healthy. He's said with the media that he's still dealing with it. Yep. Um, don't be surprised if Jalen Hurts has a subpar game throwing the ball. I think he's still going to be a threat running. I think that's what makes him special. But yeah, I'm looking at a lot of rushing. Problems. I mean, yeah. How how can you bet against Patrick Mahomes? So I'm going to oh. I'm going to go ahead and say 35, 34. Maybe Mahomes has a game winning drive where he's just spectacular, but that's, that's what I, I think. Here's a, I'll, I'll say, uh, 28, 24, Kansas city. Okay. So we both have Kansas city. That does slightly worry me. Uh, but here we are both picking the Kansas city chiefs. Well, you got racist native American mascot and they do tomahawks. They got red and gold close to you almost feel at gold. home. Don't you? Right. <laughs> <laughs> All right, why don't we jump into the comment mailbag uh, where we have four comments. We really appreciate you guys for commenting, beginning with Blood Clot. The menu was great. I laughed my ass off so many times. I'm a foodie, so the ridiculousness of everything really resonated with me. I'm a sucker for good tapas or, oh, I don't know how to pronounce this. I'm telling you that right now. A moose bouche? I don't know. A-M-U-S-E-B-O-U-C-H-E. I'm telling you right now, I've never seen that before. No, no, no. I'm not saying it again. I already said it. How do you say it? I'm not. No, I'm not helping. <laughs> no, you have to. No. I don't know I, how to I say like it. I like your uncertainty. I like your uncertainty. I nearly, I wanna... I, I'm, I'm, I'm moving on. I nearly fell over <laughs> Nicholas Holt's last scene. How do you guys like The Last of Us? I'm a Sony <laughs> Pony fanboy, so I played all the games. And although originally I wasn't thrilled with the casting in the series, I'm so enjoying it. I even love the slight changes they made and how other parts are nearly identical to the game. I don't care how many homophobes or snowflakes I heard with this next sentence, but that third episode with Nick Offerman as Bill, Neil Druckmann deserves a damn Emmy. So you've seen The Last of Us. I have not been seeing The Last of Us. I'll leave that for you, KDOT. Without spoiling things. Also, the other podcast that I just started that I've been trying to leave a comment on our pages about the podcast that keeps deleting it every time. 
Does um, it really? It does. Okay. <laughs> in the last two and I, I want the record to show <laughs> I am not deleting yeah, it. Yeah, <laughs> just to be clear. Ahmed doesn't want me to leave. I get it. We're sticking <laughs> it, even though I'm not going anywhere. <laughs> he's, just, he's trying to sabotage me. Um, we actually have been doing a Last of Us recap every episode because as of right now, as far as shows that are on actively on TV, it's the best one. Um, and you're right. The third episode is absolutely incredible stuff. And um, I got to pull this guy's name up. So the uh, there's, of course, uh, yeah, uh, Ron Swan, <laughs> if you're a Parks and Rec fan. Uh, our, our guy Nick Offerman is definitely in the episode, um, but I, I think the the thing that really got me was uh, Murray Bartlett, who plays uh, who played uh, Arnold, or not, not, not Ar- Armand in The White Lotus, and he plays. Oh, I know uh, him. Okay, yeah, yeah, he's who. I mean, he's on a hell of a run because I actually think he kind of stole this episode to a certain degree. Is Armand the guy in season one? Hold on, I just want to make sure the, I got that right. The front desk guy. Yes. Okay, that's who I was thinking of. Yeah, he's great. He's great, and he's in this episode of Last of Us. Um, okay, The Last of Us is amazing. It's it's what, well, not it's not technically a zombie show. I did, I, and I played the game all the way through, and I love how faithful it is to the game. Um, it's just good shit. And if you were to classify it in the sense of a zombie thing, they're nailing it. This feels like the best parts of like season one of Walking Dead, okay, with um like a combination with it, and it, it gives Children of Men. The sci-fi movie gives me you know some I've seen none of these. Go ahead. Yeah, uh, <laughs> you're talking to Blood Clot and the audience right now. This is yeah, all going over my head. I'm just. I don't know if you agree sure. with me, yep. but I'm Children of Men meets first season Walking Dead, and I think it's just got a lot of legs. The acting is superb. Pedro Pascal also having his fucking moment. Great on SNL last week. Also killing in The Last of Us and Mandalorian is right around the corner. An exciting time to be him. There you go. What K Dot said. Uh, appreciate you as always, Blood Clot. And then we move on to Vindo. Patty the Batty, baby. Appreciate you, Vindo. Patty the Batty. I'm trying to remember the uh, what that would be referencing there. Patty Mahomes? Right, but like the Batty. We appreciate you, Vindo. We probably just we probably just missed something there. Um, and then Spencer Brudick. Shout out Spencer. Commenting to, and this is in all caps, splash the algorithm pot. Thank you very much, Spencer. We really appreciate you splashing the algorithm pot there. Um, and then, miss you, bud. Uh, then we go, oh, DJ Turner. DJ Turner's got oh, a DJ pick. Turner. Oh. Oh, shit. Here we go. Shout out, DJ. Here we go. My gut. This is DJ's. My gut says Eagles by four. My brain says Eagles by seven. Oh, but my heart says Chiefs by two. Yeah, the Chiefs are banged up, and Eagles pass rush scares me. But if the game is close, I'm not betting against Mobile Marino, even with a bum ankle. Eagles take a late lead on a Hurts QB sneak, but a Mahomes moment wins it. I'm going to side with DJ's heart. And there is never a bad time to do that. Really appreciate you, DJ Turner, for the comment. Do you, so? Do you ultimately think it seems like his his pick is the Chiefs, right? Even though his gut That's and what brain we're going with. We're not. We're just going have anything to. That said the Eagles we have to. And may he go for zero. Um, but that was the comment mailbag, and this is District Divided, DC Sports Podcast, more specifically a Commanders podcast. We need to talk about if we're doing any Defenders coverage. By the way, that starts up next Sunday. Uh, um, yeah. 
Yeah, I'm Amit. That is Kada. Thank you guys so much for listening. If you enjoyed today's episode, please like the video. Please subscribe to the channel. Please comment as you always do. You got the notification bell, yada, yada, yada. You hear this on everything you listen to these days on YouTube. Um, we hope you guys enjoyed. And after the pod begins right now. So, Kadot, I have a question for you because something came up for me when you had mentioned you had bought a Tom Brady jersey. Yeah. As, as a fan of, at the time, the Redskins, mm-hmm. up to how many other teams' jerseys, if any, do you think it is acceptable to buy? If you grew up in our era... And it's 2003, mm-hmm. as many as you want, as long as they're throwbacks. <laughs> um, but like of other teams, right? It, for me, it's it just depends on what you're doing. To me, throwbacks okay. of any team, anytime, okay? That's fine. As long as they're not rival teams. Like, you'll never see me mm-hmm. in a fucking Roger Staubach jersey. Yeah, but, of course. Um, no, no, no. Those things are off limits, even, even throwbacks. Right. Yeah. But then I also think about, like, all right, if I – what am I doing with them? Okay. Not really fashionable to wear them anymore. So, right, that's, that's true. So, like, then I think about all right from a framing standpoint, and if I had a from a framing standpoint, I have no problem getting jerseys like that autographed. So, I think that if you were doing a thing where you were buying jerseys, having them autographed, and had like your even though I fucking hate the phrase man cave, if you put it in your man but cave, you, you have one, don't you? I don't. Um, okay, so stupid. The uh, <laughs> That you don't. Uh, the existence and calling the man cave is fucking stupid. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's just a noise of shit. Yeah, I mean, uh, like that to me is cool. Or like what mm-hmm. I'm doing is to me is that I will buy your jersey if you reach to a level at which I realize you're goaded. And I'm like, here you go. Okay, so, so that like, is I'm your endorsement. Wear... It's my endorsement. So like, I, okay. like. When you see me at like the Thanksgiving football game for years, I'd be wearing the Tom Brady jersey. So like I just have I'd have the Tom Brady jersey. So you would say the parameters are it is acceptable when you feel that person is goaded. You can get that. That's just me. Okay. Yeah. Oh, that's fine. I mean, that's all that's all we're talking about here. But yeah, I wouldn't necessarily. But I don't think right. It's just that's my standard. So like Mahomes has gotten to that point where I'm like, you're undeniable, and I here's my support for you. I'm paying money that you'll see some sense on. To acknowledge that I, I love and appreciate you. Okay. Okay. I, I think that's acceptable because initially I was thinking, I was like, I would never, ever buy another team's player's jersey. But I think in the situation of it being goaded, and no less in the AFC, right? I think if the person were goaded in the NFC, even then I couldn't do it. But I think in the AFC, I think it, for whatever reason, feels a little more distant and I can understand that. Well, to me, is that like there are certain guys that reach a level at which, as long as they're not playing my team, I'm rooting for. Them. Brady was that for me. Fair. So like, regardless, so as long as he wasn't playing Washington, mm-hmm. I'm rooting for Tom in any game that he's playing in. And I've reached that point. I think with Mahomes is regardless okay. of whatever it is, as long as he's playing in the game, mm-hmm. I'm rooting for him. Um, the only other thing that I've ever thought about doing was I thought about getting a Trent Williams San Francisco jersey if they won the Super Bowl, is sort of a fuck you to the disorganization of our franchise. <laughs> I appreciate that. I think the I think the QB for me that I would root for, Cam Newton, I thought was very, for me, lovable. Yeah. 
And I really enjoyed his personality, what he brought to the position. That MVP season was unbelievable. I mean, legitimately, you look at the numbers, you look at the receivers he was throwing to, you look at that offense. (laughs) I mean, it was quite similar to his Auburn offense in that there were seemingly little to no professional help, you know, (laughs) over there, except they were all pros, but just like, and by all pros, I I don't mean all hyphen pros. They were all professional players. Um, He did so much. I think he was really enjoyable and he had a very infectious sort of personality and smile. And I really enjoyed watching Cam Newton play at his peak. He was awesome. No, he was awesome. I will say that I have this internal thing with me. When it comes to the Carolina Panthers, mm-hmm. the uh, I might even say Tennessee Titans, but especially Atlanta Falcons, and all the way down to pretty much Jacksonville Jaguars, even though I can understand if they were rooting for Miami, as they're all fake fans of their respective teams, they're all diehard Washington fans at heart. Sure, because I wouldn't that disagree was with that all at all. Our territory, and um, st- hey, you know the beautiful thing about this, it could once again, to a certain extent, for some of those fans, become our territory, depending on new ownership. Right. So like there's an opportunity here, even in the DMV, like even Baltimore. There are definitely generational things down there. There I know that in Carolina past a certain age, maybe because they're racist, are Redskins fans still two and two and like they're the ones that are on the the they they love the team. Maybe they're finally special leaders because of Dan. Or they finally switch lead because the team name change. I think we have more fans in Carolina and Charlotte whenever we play over there than we do at FedEx sometimes. Like even when Cam Newton had his first uh, game, first home game back with Carolina and Heineke was there. It it wasn't a 50-50 split, obviously, but like you could hear the cheers on Fox Mm -hmm. when Heineke made a play. You know, like it was real. Virginia's huge. And outside of Virginia being huge and really, really far away from D.C., there are mm-hmm. some places in Virginia where you're absolutely close to Charlotte than you are in Washington, right? So there, there's it's a lot of that. Also, just like we were the team of the South. I mean, that's what starts the entire uh, thing against us in Dallas, right, is we didn't really want anybody south of us to, uh, getting involved with anybody in our territory. The fight song was Fight for Old Dixie, Dixie being the South, Dixie being uh, – <laughs> Not necessarily something I'm proud of the fight songs ever fight for old Dixie, but that's what it was. We were the team for all those guys. So yeah, I mean, it, having a Cam Newton jersey or anything down there, I I don't care because I think that you could chip away at the colors and there's burgundy and gold underneath. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I really like the way you said that. By the way, yeah, I think that's true. I think that's a hundred percent true. Um, but anyway, what was I gonna say? What's your what shirt do you have on? This is a, yeah, this is a district sports league champions shirt that we won probably now a couple years ago. I think it was one of the first leagues after COVID had just like the restrictions had been lifted. Um, And so we ended up winning one of our winter leagues. That is the last time I've won freaking anything in district sport. It's been a minute. I'm working with them right now. Are you really? What what are you doing with them? Um, They have the, a couple tournaments coming up. Um, Mm -hmm. There's a EA sports FIFA tournament. Oh, at Franklin Hall, Feb 25th. Yeah, that's yeah. Franklin Hall. They've Hall's been marketing that like crazy. Oh, there you go. And then um, they also, for the um, She Believes Cup, mm-hmm. we're doing. So I just actually, we just announced, we did the announcement through Franklin today about the She Believes Cup. And tomorrow we'll do the big announcement on the FIFA. Dude, that is awesome. Hey, so how do I leverage our relationship at Franklin Hall, for example? Do I get discounts? I'm like, I know K Dot. Like, how does that work? Fuck. So 
now. But that's the thing is like I get criticized a lot. I shouldn't talk about this, but I get criticized in my work because I'm not as active going to the bars as I probably should be. Oh, so I like, see. Um, they want me to come and get food and everything. And the idea that I'd be sending friends over to do that, and I'm not even there, would probably be a slap in the face of some of them, unless you were gathering content for me. So, like, I'll, I'll gather some call. content for you for sure. I'll get I'll make a call and say, hey, I got somebody coming over just going to take photos of food, this, that, and show themselves having a good time at Franklin. Give them a gift card. And then um, how have we not leveraged this before? Yes, absolutely. Let's I mean, do if this. You're willing Kata. to do work. The, the work. I mean, we Kata, all I do that. is work, baby. You know that <laughs> on the field, off the then field, I, we're good I, to go. Like, you are. You do go to bars. I, I don't really. I do. Um, <laughs> Let's not jump into that. huh? <laughs> you, 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 know, you like to spend your Friday nights? Oh, wow. That, no, no, no. Um, listen, 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 listen. I've been ever since that conversation we had where we broke me down psychologically. Mm-hmm. I've been marginally better. Yeah. Here. Marginally. It means nothing. <laughs> the right phone call at the right time had his boy out there doing all kinds of shit. You know it. I wouldn't say I know it. You know it. You Un- know until- goddamn well. You you sitting in the apartment. You looking down, looking at Barkley. <laughs> it's that one. It's one of them nights. It's like eleven o'clock. And you just bro. No 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 you, no. Not eleven. Enough, it has to be sooner at- these days. And and little thing you might have saw some as she shoots a text off. Be like, hey, I'm in Clarendon. And you're like, shit. I'm in Clarendon, dude. No, no, no. Now you're, hey, depending you know on what, what she's doing, offering. You know what you're depending doing? Depending on what she's offering. You're assassinating, you are assassinating my character right I now. I think you're traveling. You are assassinating my character. Maybe I when I was 25. Least, I think you at no, least I'm not pull doing the phone the 11 up. PM Clarendon. I think you are at you least. I think you at least pull the phone up to see what the Uber costs. How do we get to this? <laughs> you at least you do that bit. You say, all no, right, how far is the listen, Uber and how much is it going to cost me? You want to know where I am at 11 Maybe. p.m. on a Friday now? Falling asleep on this couch. The moment I'm horizontal on this couch, it is game over. All like right. I, it is it is done. Just the saying. night is over. No, 11 p.m. That's a 25 year old. I'm at think 24, 23 past that. How old are you right now? 31. Oh, yeah, fuck you. That's not over for you. The night is absolutely over it's not for over me. For you. No, I'm saying you're going to have a couple of moments. You're going to have a few more moments. 11 p.m.? No, not you're 11 p.m. You're going to have a few anymore. more moments. Not 11 p.m. If it's 8 p.m. and I'm like, you know, awake, maybe. But not Clarendon. Let's let's stop short of Clarendon. That is when, absurd. When, when Megan if on it's Hinge. It's Street. When, when Maggie on Hinge sends you a couple eggplant emojis, oh I'm in Clarendon. Then she's like, what's happening? What's happening? No. What are we doing? I'm feeling lonely. <laughs> in Clarendon. She's happening. feeling lonely in Clarendon. She might be. You know, oh, I, I just on. I think Clarendon is the line for you. I, I think you'd I think you'd think about it. What what I really should be asking this. What do you think Megan is like? Uh, this character Maggie. you've created Maggie. for me. Maggie. Maggie. She's a Maggie. Oh, I'm sorry, Maggie. What is this character in your head? She a freak. <laughs> Maggie a freak. And you know what Maggie get into. Maggie been sending you texts about it. Maggie, Maggie, why does you it, know what Maggie Why is. does this sound like, why does this sound like you're Will Ferrell and the other guys and he's recounting him as Gator? 
I've never seen that movie all the way through. You haven't I'm, seen the not other all guys? Way no, not all the way through. Oh my god, how have you not seen the other guys? That movie. Come on, it's a mid-level comedy. Don't get it. Ain't like Kate I didn't see the Godfather two. <laughs> you would love it breaks. though. You would absolutely love it. It is intentionally breaking the wall consistently. I've seen some it. of it. I know. I've seen some. Of it. It's funny. Have you not seen? Have you not seen the scene where Will Ferrell is recounting his past days? Yes, and Mark Wahlberg that. is like abundantly like you are, absolutely a pimp, and he's yeah, like, yeah, no, of course not, dude. You would. Michael Keaton's great in that. It's a good cast. Yeah. Samuel L. Jackson, the Rock thing, the whole, yeah, it's funny. And for the bushes every time, I've never, I've never that will never not be funny. Never watched it all the way through. I, just I say, think you should. I, I, think I you probably should. will. I just, it's. I mean, it's easily available. I just having it. It is easily. I like two or three weeks ago, I watched the Game Night for the first time. Game Night. Game night. Why is that sound familiar? Jason I haven't seen it. Bateman and Rachel McAdams. You guys know what I'm about with Rachel McAdams. But um, <laughs> that's true. That's true. What a dream. I ran it on Amazon it Prime like two or three weeks ago. I watched it three times in the 48 hour window. I had to watch it. Oh, so you really enjoyed it. I really enjoyed it. Also, I paid $30 for a movie uh, last weekend to get early access. And I purchased it through Amazon. Um, it was a movie that I hadn't seen before. It's still in the theaters. And I felt so strongly that I'd enjoy the movie that I made the purchase before seeing it. Wow. And did you? I, did, did I say it? Yeah, I mean, I purchased it. I watched it. No, 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 no. But did, did, it, oh, did, it, did it match it, did or it, exceed yeah. your expectations? Yep. Damn. Yes, it did. Are we allowed to know what the movie is? Yes. What is the movie, K-Dot? Puss in Boots, The Last Wish. That movie, as as my girl Joanna Robinson of The Ringer said, uh, excuse me if I'm fucking it up. That movie, she said, I saw Puss in Boots last night. That movie has no business going as hard as it does. And I'm with her. I just heard enough people that I respect from a movie watcher standpoint tell me about Puss in Boots. And I watch it. And I'm like, yo. Now, the people around me, girlfriend is kind of like, yeah, it was it was good. I don't know if it's $30 good. She's but guess what? She's watched it twice already since I purchased it. She's watched it more times than I have already. She's singing the songs. <laughs> like I'm just like, okay, all right, all right. Yeah, not worth the thirty dollars. Yeah, okay. That movie's the shit. I've never seen any, I've never seen any Pussy Boots before that. And I don't remember Shrek other than like two scenes. First off, I vowed two minutes of silence there. Just to give you the full two. Um, you hadn't seen any previous Puss in Boots movie. Nope. And then decided to drop $30 on this. Yep. Did you have, where did your expectations even come from? People that I trust when it comes to movies. So I'm, this on, I'm on text threads. I'm on certain uh, Twitter group DM threads or whatever the fuck they want to call them. Um, there are some people that when they talk about certain movies, we give each other we, we give each other feedback. Okay. And I get a good assessment on where they are compared to where I am. And mm-hmm. I'm like, I trust that. Some people like some people have not necessarily they can give me a recommendation and I'm like, okay, but I kind of whatever. Um but there are certain people that when they say then they I, things stop. It's the same way that if I tell them, hey. You need to check this out. Mm-hmm. They're like, okay, we'll we'll go do that. And we usually are not. I'd say 
90 percent of the time we're not disappointed with each other's recommendations and okay. it's knowing the other people and like tailoring them and then beyond that i am a fan of movie critics and there are okay. certain movie critics i listen to there's certain movie critics i don't I've listen always to. found them to be obnoxious there's no getting around that but they but criticizing okay. movies and criticizing art is not it's obnoxious but i i still think it's worth doing okay i'm much more so there's like uh modernism postmodernism as far as um got a hard stop in two by the right. way please continue yeah there's there's a difference between modernism and postmodernism right um there there's an element mm -hmm. in postmodernism that's everything is worthwhile everything is worth the same we should respect all and every art okay and you have modernism which is much more you're building towards truth there is something to be said as far as something being better than something else it's why if you look at like all these towers and stuff that were built like the 1920s 1930s they all mm -hmm. built to aspire right um it's you're trying to get to some sort of fundamental truth you're trying to dig deep to get to this point i'm much more along those lines than the other way i think okay. the other way is entirely way too much participation trophy bullshit there there is something to art in the sense of how far and deep you're willing to work to go get it and i respect it and um I and with that comes criticism and it is obnoxious. It's crazy. But I, I love it so goddamn much because of the conversation that it breeds. So then as we sign out here, sign off here for the day, let us leave you with this. Shit. And build your own truth. We'll see you guys after the Super Bowl. No, don't do that. Too late. <laughs> it's been said. In DC, we're just hoping that you listen. Mm -hmm.